I'm on a roll, baby. Let's go. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll, y'all. I'm back again. All right, let's talk about coffee. What am I drinking this week? I am drinking the Palestinian Coffee Co. Their Tolkarm blend. It's their medium roast. So, okay, I've really been into medium roast lately. <clears throat> I definitely fell victim to, like, the idea that the darker the roast, the more caffeine content that was in it, which I have since learned is not true. Apparently... The lighter the roast, the more caffeine content is in it. But I guess I'm, like, still holding on to this, like, conspiracy theory that the darker the bean, the more caffeine content. So I'm just, like, I'm still, I'm just, I'm still holding on to a little bit of that. So I, I've been doing more medium roast. And, uh, so that's why I went with the Tol, the Tol, oh my god. <laughs> the Tolkarm blend from the Palestinian Coffee Company. Uh, it's really good. I really like it. See, here I am back again, unable to have any kind of palate other than coffee is good. <laughs> coffee is good or coffee is bad. Uh, the Palestinian Coffee Company is donating 20% of all profits to the children of Gaza. So if you want to check them out, I will put their website in the show notes. I'm also going to be putting some organizations that you can donate to that are getting funds directly to Gaza, if you're interested. Um, and some resources if you're looking for more information about what's going on, if you want to educate yourself. All right, let's just dive right into it. We're going to be talking about reactivity today, what it looks like, where does it come from, can you prevent it, all of those good things. I think people tend to get really confused about what reactivity actually is, and I think people tend to confuse reactivity with aggression. I think almost every single aggressive dog is reactive, but not every reactive dog is aggressive. Um, essentially, reactivity is just like this huge spectrum. Reactivity is literally just your dog having a reaction to external stimuli. The stimuli can be literally anything. It can be sound. It can be something visual. It can be a smell. I have not had the pleasure of working with a dog who is reactive to smell, I can imagine that that is very difficult and stressful. Uh, but I have listened to a podcast about it, and I think that that is very interesting. And I'm not entirely sure how I would approach that, but I think it would be very similar to how I would approach many other reactive cases. Anyway, it's really just your dog having a certain kind of reaction to any kind of stimulus. So it might be another dog, it might be another person, it might be fireworks, it might be the garbage truck, it might be the wind blowing, it might be storms, it might be someone knocking at your door. You see where I'm going with this. It could be literally anything, okay? So there are 
differing levels of reactivity as well. Some dogs might just pull on the leash a little bit. They might bark. They might whine, whatever. Some dogs lose their goddamn mind and can't keep their composure. And even after, like, the trigger, quote-unquote, leaves their sight, um, goes away. We've been walking for a few miles. They're still, like in that heightened state of arousal. It's been a few days. They're still really worked up. Some dogs, like, can't let that go. So there's different varying levels of reactivity as well. Again, everything's a spectrum. Along with that, there's varying emotions as to why a dog is reacting. So your dog is reacting because there's some kind of weird feeling, not even weird, but there's just some kind of emotion behind it. And so it's our job as trainers and your job as their owner to figure out what is the emotion behind your dog, your dog's reactivity? How can we address it and how they, how can they feel more secure in what they're feeling and how, if necessary, can they look to you for guidance? How can they feel more stable? How can we address what's going on and how can we just balance things out? so that the feelings and the emotions aren't so heightened at all times. There are some other aspects of reactivity. For the most part, there's going to be some emotion behind it, but let's talk about the emotions behind it. So one, there's going to be some fear-based reactivity. So this is just like your basic anxiety. I'm fearful of new strangers. I'm fearful of new dogs. The wind is really scary. Fireworks are scary. Then there's some frustration-based reactivity. I see this a lot with kind of like your very social dogs who, as puppies, were allowed to say hi to everybody. Uh, we're really kind of like over-socialized because that's what you think that you're supposed to do. Uh, but then you have like a 70, 80-pound dog who's pulling you across the neighborhood and pulling you down the street and who is barking at every single person that you see because they're excited and they want to go say hi to everybody, but your arm is constantly being pulled out of your socket and you have a dog that you can't manage because you were told that you need to let this puppy go say hi to everybody and every dog that you meet because you want a properly socialized dog. But now you have a dog who loses their goddamn mind every single time that they see somebody and you don't know what the fuck to do and now you have a reactive dog. This is frustration-based reactivity. It's a little bit, this kind of frustration-based reactivity is a little bit more easier to tackle. It's still not easy. It's still hard to work through. No kind of reactivity is easy to work through. It's difficult. It's hard work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and it sucks. And you feel like you've been lied to your whole goddamn life. <laughs> but it's very rewarding work. <laughs> but that's what frustration-based reactivity. I see it a lot too with just like, uh, dogs who fence run, um, any kind of barrier, really like the leash is a barrier. Um, ba any kind of, they call it barrier aggression, right? Like the leash is a barrier, a fence is a barrier. When you see dogs that are like chasing each other through the fence, that's not cute. That's reactivity. It's not like this cute, fun TikTok. I hate that shit. Stop showing me that shit. If you're a friend of mine sending me that TikTok, I fucking hate it. Please stop sending me that. I'm going to laugh, react to it because like I'm uncomfortable and I don't know what to do with it. Please stop sending it to me. <laughs> but really, I mean, just think of it logically. It's just like your dog wants something. There is a barrier for them not getting what they want. And depending on how your dog was raised, if they're frustrated enough that they can't get what they want, 
depends on their level of their reaction. If they're going to throw a temper tantrum about it, then you're going to have a reactive dog. If your dog is stable and balanced enough to handle that kind of frustration and deal with it by themselves, amazing. Job well done. It doesn't mean that you're a failure as a parent if your dog has a temper tantrum. There are many other factors at play here. I know dog trainers who have reactive dogs. It doesn't mean that they fucked up somewhere down the line. Maybe they did. Every dog trainer I know that I am friends with has a reactive dog. It's just the way the world works, okay? (laughs) We're all a little fucked up here, okay? It's fine. Um... It just means that, like, maybe there's some fine-tuning here. Maybe there's something that we missed. Everything can be fixed, except for genetics. I really got off track here, and that's fine. But just what I'm trying to explain is that, like, barrier and frustration reactivity exists. That's a thing. It can be worked through. Congratulations. You learned something new. Hopefully. I have touched on this before in earlier episodes. There is a lot of shaming in the industry as a whole. We know this, we're well aware of it. It's something that I despise and I actively work through which with each of my dog owners that I work with. Um, there is especially a lot of shaming with reactive dog owners as if they're responsible, as if they somehow created their reactive dog, as if they like picked up their dog and they were like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna fuck up the rest of your life. That's my goal. Like, who the fuck does that? Like, are people okay? I know the answer, but like, are you guys all right? (laughs) Aren't, like, I... I... (laughs) The world is so exhausting. Like, people are not adopting, buying, however the fuck you're getting a dog. People are not intentionally getting animals and being like, I'm gonna make your life a living hell. Okay, wait. People are doing that because there, like, are some fucked up people in the world. But, like, good dog owners are not doing this intentionally. Like, never in my life have I ever seen someone be like, you know what? I learned something new today. I learned that by forcing my dog to interact with every single person and every single dog that we ever encounter may create reactivity. It might get my dog sick. It might harm my dog mentally and physically. So I'm going to continue to do that because now that I know better, I'm still going to do it just because I want to fuck up my dog. You know what I mean? Like, never have I ever heard that. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's like a worse example, but like, this is just where my brain is right now. And like, I, I just, I think that like, when people don't, know what reactivity is and they like see somebody on like TikTok or Instagram or something like working their reactive dog they're like well just train your dog what the fuck do you think is going on here do you think I'm just like putting in these like countless hours and money and learning and reading and all of this bullshit for fun do you think that we're just out here for fun do you think I'm just doing this shit because I want to? Do you think I spend all this time crying and in emotion, God, in emotional turmoil for TikTok views? Like, what do you think is going on here? This is training. Just train your dog. I see that all the time on like these TikTok videos of. <laughs> I'm on TikTok way too much. Please don't judge me for it. But like, 
these like TikTok videos of people being like, look at the progress that like my reactive dog made. Or like, we had a setback today and it was really sad. And people are commenting like, why is your dog out in public? Uh, is my dog supposed to stay inside all the time? Or why don't you just train your dog? When someone's like, hey, I had to tell someone to like not touch my dog without my consent. Your dog shouldn't be outside. What the fuck do you mean? Okay, I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> but it's just like, there's so much shaming. And I just want you to know that if you have a reactive dog, I see you. And I feel you. And it's ridiculous. But let's talk more about reactivity. Because clearly, <laughs> I'm unhinged about it today. <laughs> okay, wait. This is kind of the perfect segue. Because let's talk about like what actually creates reactivity. Because we're not doing this intentionally. Nobody is out here setting out to create reactivity intentionally. And I truly believe that. I truly believe that people are not out here sitting down with their notebooks, like I have out here right now with my notes. I did not write in this notebook how to create a reactive dog on purpose. I wrote it how to create a reactive dog because I want to like, you know, what causes reactivity because I didn't want to forget anything. But not as like, my evil notes of like what I want to do in 2024. I had to stop and like breathe for five minutes because I don't think that I took a single breath that whole time. Anyway, so there's a few things that causes reactivity. Let's talk about them. Now that I've just like meditated, I took a few hits. We're good. We're calm. We're cool. <laughs> we're collected. Everything's fine. I am mentally stable. This is why I'm in therapy. So first things first, we have to talk about poor breeding. Because this is just, this affects literally every aspect of the dog. And it is a huge problem, probably everywhere, but obviously I'm in America, so I notice it in America. It is especially bad in America right now. Um, poorly bred dogs are a huge issue. And when your dog when your dog's genetics aren't taken into account when they are being bred, which is what happens with backyard breeders <laughs> breeders and accidental litters, when the temperament isn't taken into account, you don't know what you're getting. So you don't know if the parents are mentally stable. So if you're breeding too anxious, if you're breeding two reactive dogs together, or even just one reactive or one anxious dog or whatever, when you're breeding two mentally or just one mentally unstable dog together, um, you're going to get a mentally unstable dog. So when that is already bred into the DNA, you're already set up for failure here. It's the same with people. If you have one parent with depression, it's very likely that your child is going to have depression or some form of mental illness here, okay? So just think of it with people. It's the same with dogs, okay? DNA works the same, right? So this is why having good breeders around the country is essential to the future well-being of dogs in this country and around the world. I am not going to get into the adopt-don't-shop phenomenon right now. I just need you to understand that for the mental well-being of all dogs in this country, well, in the world, but we'll just focus on this country for right now, and for the owners of those dogs, good ethical breeders are absolutely necessary 
for everybody. And you cannot change my mind. Okay? Genetics are absolutely imperative to the mental and physical well-being of your dog. It is not all in how you raise them. And you cannot change my mind. On that note, some breeds are genetically predisposed to some kinds of reactivity. And so what I mean by this is not necessarily that like you're going to get this breed and your dog's going to be reactive. It just means that you have to be like very careful on how you raise them, which ew, 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 is such like a cliche thing to say. But what I mean by that is you take a breed like a Connie Corso, which are becoming very popular and I fucking hate that. But they're naturally aloof and just suspicious of new people. If you do not take great care in how you raise that puppy, you're going to have a reactive dog because that dog is going to start barking at strangers, which is like kind of what you want, especially if someone stranger just walks into your house, you want that dog to bark at that person. But if you don't train that dog from an early age, you're going to have a reactive dog. And because these dogs are meant to protect your home and like do all these things, you're just going to have a dog with no bite inhibition and it's just going to start biting people. And that's not what you want. We're going to talk about this in another episode. But if you don't train your dog in bite work, and in protection work, your dog is not protecting you, your dog is anxious. Let's get that out of the way. So genetics can play a really big role in why your dog might be reactive. It doesn't mean that you can't and shouldn't do any work in helping your dog be less reactive, but it could play a really big role in why your dog is reactive. So your dog's breed can and might play a really big role in why they are reactive. So like, for example, when I get an email from an owner who's like, I have a German Shepherd who's barking all the fucking time. I'm just like, what a fucking surprise. I can't believe this. I've never heard this a day in my goddamn life. It's just like every dog trainer gets that email. It's just some dogs you see more reactivity than others. Uh, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. It's just we learn to expect it from more breeds than others. Sometimes a quote-unquote traumatic event can happen that will make your dog reactive. It might be something really easy to pinpoint, like your dog got attacked by another dog, or you were in an abusive relationship and your partner also abused your dog. But you might not even know that something super traumatic happened. You might just come home one day and all of a sudden, your dog is really fearful. Your dog is scared of trash bags. Something, you might not have even been home. Uh, I don't know. There's a really wide variety of things that might have happened or like something happened and you're like, well, that was weird, but I wouldn't consider it traumatic. But it could be really traumatic to your dog. Um, so there could be like this one bad experience that now you have to do a ton of work with your dog to help them not consider this a bad experience all the time. That could create reactivity with your dog. So I think the last piece of this that I want to talk about is improper socialization. So there's multiple levels to this. So the first level that I want to talk about is that like first really crucial part of your puppy's socialization period, which is like before their first vaccination 
level or part hits and you're just like, well, they're not fully vaccinated, so I don't want their feet to touch the ground because what if they get exposed to parvo? So I'm just not going to leave my fucking house. Don't do that. First things first, I'm going to have another episode based on like what socialization actually is. Socialization is not introducing your dog to every single dog and every single person that they see. That's not socialization. That's a huge myth. And we'll delve into that later, but there are so many things that you can do that are not that and that are not dog parks that do not expose your puppy to parvo and other infectious diseases that will socialize your dog. So you can get your puppy out and about and socialize in that crucial socialization period without risking illness. So you do not want to miss that period if you are getting a puppy. So, like, if you pick up a dog from that shelter and you've missed that socialization period, there's nothing you can do about that. But if you have a puppy, don't just sit in your house because you're so scared because your puppy isn't vaccinated yet. There are things you can do. Go to a Home Depot parking lot and sit in the backseat of your car and get your puppy exposed to sounds and smells and weird shit. There are things that you can do. Your dog really doesn't need to be exposed to, like, strange people and dogs that you don't know anyway because you shouldn't be trusting strange dogs and strange people anyway. Because strange dogs and strange people are just that. Strange. Okay? So there's that. Just because your dog isn't vaccinated doesn't mean that they should miss out on that really crucial socialization period. And I did already mess up by already talking about this, but... There's the other part of the improper socialization where people kind of overdo it, where they're like, well, I'm just going to let my dog say hi to everybody and everything. And then your dog is either like over socialized because when they're a puppy, they do like that. Or you misunderstand or you misread your dog's body language and you're like, well, they should like this. And then they don't. And they're like, well, I can't fucking trust you because I'm telling you that I don't like this and you're still making me do this. So now I'm going to have to start sticking up for myself and showing you in more loud ways that I don't like this, barking, lunging, acting out really, in order to tell you and this other person or this other thing that I don't like it, growling, things like that, you know? I'm going to have to start behaving in a way that's unsavory to more people to say, hey, I don't fucking like this. And when that starts working, well, I'm going to do it more. Because if other people see me growling, lunging, barking, then they're going to get a, they're going to leave. And that works, right? Doesn't it? It works. When you see a dog barking, lunging, growling, you leave the situation. I do. Well, I don't because I'm a dog trainer. When I come into somebody's house and the dog is barking, lunging, growling, I'm just like, hey, cool. A fun little project for me. Um, but when the dog communicates that, people typically leave. So it works. So of course they're going to keep fucking doing it. So you that's where the advocating comes in, right? <laughs> wow, it's a full circle moment. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, so, okay, again, improper socialization. Well, I guess it was more like, Improper socialization slash just, like, kind of, like, a lack of education of just, like, not understanding your dog's body language. Dog body language is very, very nuanced and very difficult to read. I'm 
it's hard because it's like I want to create a video on it, but I also feel like dog body language varies from each dog. So it's like I could create a dog body language video on it, but it's unique to every single dog. So it's like you have to know what your dog is telling you because I could create a video with Ringo, but it's unique to Ringo. So you have to understand what your dog is telling you. And if your dog is telling you, I do not want to interact with this person, you have to respect that. And unless it's like the vet or the groomer or someone that they are forced to interact with, that's a different situation. And we'll deal with that separately. But these are the reasons for reactivity. This is what reactivity is. Any questions for the class? Please raise your hand. Actually, on Spotify, I just found this out. There's a Q&A section. So I'll put a question there. If you're on Spotify, you can leave. I'll put the question. If you have any questions, you can put an answer. Isn't that fun? A little interactive. You can also, I put uh, the Instagram in the show notes, my Instagram. If you go into my Instagram, you can shoot me a DM. I'm more than happy to answer any questions that you might have. I'm going to wrap it up here. I would love it if you rated and reviewed the podcast. I am still looking out for stickers, but once I have a new sticker manufacturer, I will print out some stickers, and if you rate and review the podcast, I'd be more than happy to mail you a sticker and a little thank you note, because that is super fun to do. Um, the holidays are coming up. I hope everybody has a good holiday, and I will speak to you guys soon. Love you. Bye!